say the game is getting old. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo, and we have just an amazingly awesome, outstanding, fantastic, hugely great show. And the reason why the show is, you know, the reason why my show is always so great, let me tell you why this show is so great. It's because I have great guests, and you know what? Today is no exception. I have the lovely, the talented, the brilliant... Maureen Metcalf. She has written this book entitled Innovative Leader's Guide to Transforming Organizations. Folks, I have read this book twice. I have gone over areas of it three or four times. This thing is just packed. Listen, if you think you're a good leader, think again. You've got work to do. If you want to be a good leader, hey, get the book because I'm telling you, it's going to change the way you think about it. If you're in an organization and you are on the board of directors and you are questioning whether we're headed in the right direction and we've got the right people helping us to get in that right direction, you need to take a hard look at Innovative uh, Leader's Guide to Transforming Organizations because I'm telling you right now, uh, whether you're an individual, whether whatever the organization is, business or otherwise nonprofit, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm gonna tell you that this book is really, really powerful when it comes to um, really digging into uh, being the kind of leader uh, that you need to move a company forward, and uh, Maureen Metcalf is absolutely outstanding. But before we get to Maureen, let's do what we do every week, and you know what that is, right? I ask you about the four areas of your life. I want you to check in. And listen, I recognize that we are living in unique times, and so let's let's talk about, you know, how are you doing progressing and taking advantage of some of this time of being at home and actually working on yourself to improve? So I'm going to ask you the question a little differently. Instead of a scale of 1 to 10 saying, you know, where are you at on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, 10 being outstanding, I'm going to ask you it little a little differently. On a scale of 1 to 10, how you are improving, 1 being, well, I haven't done a very good job of improving this past week, and 10 being, wow, I really took it to another level. It's 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 beyond what you'd expect. That's That's what I want you to measure for yourself, all right? So let's start physically. If we, because you know, Maureen's going to talk about resilience. I know she is because I'm going to ask her a question about resilience. That's what I know she could talk about resilience. One of the things about resilience is really these four areas, and one of it's physically. How are you? How, do, how have you been doing? Like getting yourself to improve, right? I mean, what? How's that improvement going? You, right, getting out, walking a little bit more. Maybe you've been a little bit more creative. I've I've bought five gallon buckets and filled them up with water so they could do curls and presses and all sorts of things to keep my keep my gym stuff going because I love to work out. And so have you been so it's just some ideas. Have you been creative? Have you been getting some workouts in? So how would you rate yourself and your improvement physically? Right? Getting some extra sleep maybe. How about eating well? How about you know drinking enough water? Are you doing all those things that you need to do? All right. So how would you rate yourself? All right, physically. All right. There's your first number. Second number is mentally, all right? Listen, we've got a lot of extra time for so many of you. We've got a lot of extra time on your hands. We can be reading some really great work and great material that can help us grow and learn. I mean, uh, Innovative Leader's Guide is a fabulous place to start in terms of helping you grow uh, mentally, right? Because it challenges you. It, It makes you grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding. So how have you been doing? A scale of one to 10, one, uh, you know, I haven't really been reading to 10. Man, you can't believe how productive I've been mentally consuming really good information. So on a scale of one to 10, how have you been doing? Okay, good. You got two numbers, right? 
All right. So then the third number is your emotional number, right? How have you been doing being intentional about two areas of your life? One is that even though all this mess is going on around you, how well are you able to control your emotions? That's the first part. And then the second part is how well are you able to understand and relate to the emotions of other people and then being empathetic about it? Ooh, that one may be tougher. I don't know which one's tougher for you. How how do you think you're doing out there? Do you think like, for instance, do you feel like, you know, you know, even though this is going on, Jay, you know what? I have, um, uh, I have been, I have been, you know, actually doing pretty well. I feel like I've been more intentional than I've ever been about controlling my own emotions. Or, you know, I feel like I've been doing so much more uh, to um, really help my help, really trying to understand the emotions of other people because I'm seeing more of that. So. How do you, how would you rate yourself in terms of your improvement, right? Scale of one to 10 still works. Okay. You got three numbers. And then finally the spiritual number, you know, um, it's interesting, Maureen, uh, when she talks in her book about resilience, one of the things she brings up is prayer and how prayer is one of those things that we don't really talk about as being a quality of something that we should do, but yet it has a powerful impact and our spiritual lives when I describe them typically is if you were to remove the physical, the mental, and the emotional, everything that's left is probably spiritual. And, you know, the spiritual side of you is that side of you. That's that place you can go that brings you a sense of peace and contentment and joy, regardless of what the circumstances are. That's, that's really what spiritual peace is. So on that scale of one to 10 of how well you are improving, that area of your life. How is the spiritual area going? How well are you able to tap into that area, that unexplainable area that allows you to have that sense of peace, that sense of contentment, that sense of joy that allows you to have that safe harbor that's in that area of the unexplained? How well are you doing there? And then I guess I would ask you in all four of these areas, what, what do you need to do to change it? Whether that's the physical, the mental, the emotional, or the spiritual, what do you need to do to change that area of your life, all right? And you have to think of these four areas as the legs of a chair. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, the legs of a chair, if the legs are, there's four legs on a chair, and if they're uneven, it's hard to sit in it, and it does bad things to our posture. And same point, if those four areas of our life are too low, um, we also have difficulties. And what happens is we can't get up and out of it and we have a difficulty also with our posture because it's too low and it does it's uncomfortable so the whole idea is to bring up all four of your areas up bring them up you know as in a balance and then get them to the right height so that you can eat at a table and enjoy whatever life's meal brings you and by the way speaking of which i have to tell you i am so excited about our guest today her name is maureen metcalf and she is absolutely fabulous. Maureen Metcalf is the founder and CEO and board chair of the Innovative Leadership Institute. And she is a highly sought after expert in anticipating and leveraging future business trends to transform organizations. She has captured her 30 years of experience, although there's no way she doesn't even look like she could be that old. She looks like she's maybe 30 years old. She has captured her 30 years of experience and success in an award-winning series of books that are used by public, private, and academic organizations to align company-wide strategy, systems, and culture 
with innovative leadership techniques. She is also a regularly featured author for Forbes magazine, Forbes.com. As a preeminent change agent, um, Ms. Medcalf has set um, strategic direction and, and, and then transformed her clients' organizations to deliver significant business results, such as increased profitability, cycle time reduction, uh, improved quality, increased employee effectiveness. And for years, she's been willing to share her hard-won insights through conference speaking, industry publications, radio sh talk shows, and video presentation. And you know what? She's going to join us now. She is uh, the Innovative Leadership Institute, which she's been the CEO and founder of, has a 20-year track record of delivering value to high-performing clients, ranging from uh, local Ohio small businesses to Fortune 15 organizations to the U.S. Armed Forces client industry mainstays, including technology, engineering, manufacturing, financial, medical services, and more. Uh, the Innovative Leadership Institute also has an international presence, having been on the ground helping companies in the United Kingdom and Europe. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, please give a warm welcome, and welcome to A New Direction, Maureen Metcalf. Thank you so much, Jay. I am just delighted to be here with your listeners and with you and your just deep expertise. Well, well, well first of all, thank you. That's very, that's, that's very kind of you. So I, I listen, I love this book. Uh, I, I really loved this book and I found it to be challenging to myself because, you know, you just didn't let me read the book. You would ask questions at the end of each chapter and you would say things to me. So what do you believe, Jay? What do you think, Jay? So what are you going to change, Jay? What's your challenge, Jay? And I was like, well, Maureen, we don't even know each other that well. And you're really going to you're really going to push me like that. But it, it was really so good because the book was outstandingly written. And I just commend you on the book because it's it's it really is. It, it's really a tester for you if you're really interested in doing it. So let's talk about why we need to have what's the what's the challenge for us in terms of uh, having to be a leader in, in terms of being an innovative leader and transforming the organizations we may be leading. What's our big challenge? You know, it's interesting because we're re we're recording this in the midst of the pandemic. So the things people had as challenges have changed in some cases, but I think it is still the combination, often leaders especially, think that they're changing them. I'm just changing the organization. And the most effective transformations, leaders change who they are and how they think and how they behave in conjunction with changing the organization. That, that they go lockstep. So I can't change one without the other and be completely successful. So one of the things that is, you know, you point out in the book at the very beginning of the introduction is that the truth is, is that when it comes to any organization, we are living in a time where everything is uh, accelerating and, er and, it, and everything is changing at such a fast pace. It's impacting all every aspect of our business. But we live in a time right now. Has it has it from your perspective, has it accelerated even more? because of what we're living in or has it de-accelerated? So I think things that should have or could have happened in some cases decades ago are starting to happen. 
So the example is I came out of um, PricewaterhouseCoopers and Accenture, and over 20 years ago, Accenture went to hoteling. Uh, now we weren't using Zoom back then, but we were working from home, we worked remotely, we worked from client offices, because that was the nature of the business. Now that um, in many states we can't go into the office, organizations are learning that yes, in fact, people do work from home, um, most in most cases, right? They're not cheating the system. They're working a little differently because they're trying to teach their kids and take care of their families and share computers and all that stuff. But for the most part, people are getting their work done, they're trustworthy, and they're finding innovative ways forward. So I think that's one example. And the other is telehealth. Yeah, that was again something that in was available technologically, but many physicians hadn't gone that route. And, and like everything, it's not a one size solution fits all, but there are places where these technology enabled solutions really do serve the organization well, but we hadn't moved because we didn't have to. So so let, let's, let's talk about some of the things that companies have done that you pointed out in this book in the very beginning of the book. And I would like you to talk a little bit about more of this. You, you said in the book, you said companies have focused their energies on performance training rather than development of sophisticated thinking, complex interaction capabilities, or comprehensive decision-making skills. <clears throat> so let's talk about well, what, so what do you mean that companies have focused more of their energy on the performance training versus the, the thinking complex. Talk about that a little bit more at length if you want, and maybe untangle that a little bit for the listener. So part of what we talk about is the area of developmental psychology, uh, and we call it developmental maturity or leadership maturity. So, so there was the whole range of training that has to be done that teaches you yeah, technical skills, everything from as a manager, how to do a performance appraisal and and basic managerial task, all of those are still required, right? So I don't get away with not filling out a timesheet or not knowing how to use uh, Microsoft Word or Zoom. Then there's the whole other range of skills that really enables us to, and, and you talk about it in your intro, it's cognitively, how do I think more complexly about the interconnected problems we have. So I realized there are times to simplify, right? When I go to buy toilet paper, I don't want to look at every option and consider how are they bleached and how will they impact the environment and all that stuff because I'd never walk out with toilet paper. There are other things that are very complex, right? I need to be thinking about how how is my work impacting people across industries because there is a real implication and what I do, especially if I'm running a complex organization, the implications matter and oversimplifying is ineffective. So, so I would say raising the, the complexity of my thinking, uh, you talked about being aware of my emotions how they impact me and how I'm interacting with others. Without having that basic emotional intelligence skill, often people have blind spots 
I don't realize I'm angry. And I come in and, and it, I catch the anger from people around me or the, the bad mood, like I catch a cold. How do we help people elevate their awareness and ability to manage their emotions? Uh, and then also looking at, at where are we held back from acting? So I may know something's appropriate, I may be interacting well with others, but I may still not be able to get myself to do the right thing at the right time because I've got internal barriers. So all of that is really working from the inside out. It's not just a, a class where I can go learn how to um, manage complex conversations by following a formula. It's really, I am, I am the vehicle through which leadership is delivered. Maybe that's the best way to say it. So, I, 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 yeah, I, I love, I love your phrasing of that. What I guess for me is, so where are, where, what are companies doing that's inhibiting or maybe, maybe they're in tunnel visioned. Where do you see companies at when it comes to being so tunnel visioned about not getting to that point? Um, you know, the biggest issue I find with leaders is time. Everyone is so busy and the, the expectation that if I go take a leadership class, so I, I teach a lot of leadership courses and I think people intend to come in for a couple of hours and then come back next month and come attend for a couple of hours. That's like going to the movie theater once a month. I haven't become better at anything by going to a movie once a month. I have to actually do the work. You talked about working out with different things when you can't get to the gym. Right. You don't go to a movie to, to watch Van Damme and become more fit. You have to, <laughs> right? At least I haven't. If you have, let me know. I haven't. I haven't. Listen, I have not watched one Sylvester Stallone movie, one Van Damme movie, one, uh, I don't care who it is, insert superhero there. I have not watched <laughs> one movie and become more fit because of it. I'm just going to be really honest with you. You have, no, you're right. You have to put in the work. I, I think that's, I think though, you know, I, I wonder though, just based on, you know, reading your book, I wonder if sometimes though businesses get so caught up into, you know, uh, we 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 get so caught up into doing the things that we've always done, you know, and and we just need to hold on to doing the things that we always done, and because it's worked, you know, in the years past, it's certainly we just we've weathered other storms before. We just need to hold on. Do you, do you see a lot of that from time to time? I, I have heard a lot of that. And I've also, here's the other thing. I think leaders invest in learning about the thing they lead. So if I'm a physician leader, I certainly stay current on my, my part of the field of medicine. So if I'm an epidemiologist, I stay current on that. If I'm an oncologist, I stay current on my part of the, the body and how how different treatments impact me. But I don't necessarily give the same effort to staying current as a leader. So I'm current about the thing I lead, but my leadership skills may be circa 1980 or 1990 when I graduated from college, assuming I even took a leadership class 
back when I was in college. Many people just assume leadership is a thing you get and they don't study and build those muscles again like you do when you lift weights. And so it's not shocking that many of our leaders are incredibly well-intended. They're working very hard. And, and this is the thing that's heartbreaking as a coach that people are, are sentenced at some cases to a coach because they're ineffective in leadership and they're ineffective because they never studied or learned it. And then we're shocked and, and they're hurt that, that they're underperforming. And in some cases they don't get a coach, they just get fired. We're talking with Maureen Metcalf and uh, her book is entitled Innovative Leader's Guide to Transforming Organizations. And you're listening to her here on A New Direction. Hey folks, you know, A New Direction has got sponsors and we are so grateful for them. And one of the sponsors is Epic Physical Therapy. And, you know, they're my physical therapist and they're just absolutely outstanding. They have helped me through torn rotator cuffs, knee replacement, knee surgeries, you name it. I've got, I've had it, you know, we'll probably get it again. And they have rehabbed me back, getting me to exactly where I need to be. And whether you're recovering from an injury or a surgery like I had or suffering every day aches and pains, which I have, or maybe you're just having difficulty performing the activities of daily living which I have done that too. Or maybe you're unable to perform athletic activities. I'm here there, I've done that too. Look, here's the deal. The elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored to your individual needs. With their experience in rehabbing young athletes to elite professionals, they understand the need to treat the entire body as a functional whole, not just your symptoms or injury. Sounds like they're taking the lead, aren't they? Listen, if you want epic relief, epic recovery, and epic results, don't look any further. Just go to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And, of course, Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You know what? I don't care where you live in the world. They can actually connect you with the best professional in your area. You know what? Their customers write about them and say that they have legendary customer service. That's just what their customers say. And the reason why they can connect you with so many some, uh, great professional wherever you're at is because they're independently owned and operated. They're locally owned. They don't belong to a national company, so they're not nationally affiliated. And so they've created this network over 30 plus years to help you find the right professional, regardless of where you live in the United States or the world. So when you're ready to buy a home or sell your home, right, why not? Start with the professionals who can find you the right professionals at Linda Craft and team. Just go to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction with Maureen Metcalf and her outstanding book entitled Innovative Leader's Guide to Transforming Organizations, available on Amazon. By the way, you can get it in a Kindle and uh, paperback edition, which I'm holding up for those people on Facebook Live who have joined us, and we thank you for that. And, uh, of course, all the people on CastBox FM Live who are with us, thank you for that. And 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 uh, those people who are listening on the podcast, we appreciate you so much. And then, of course, the people at 93.5 FM in Raleigh, the Oak. We uh, appreciate you tuning in for with us uh, you know, every week. And so 
uh, we want to thank all of you out there for being such dedicated listeners and all your positive words and comments as we talked to Maureen Metcalf and, um, and her book. So Maureen, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the innovative leadership and the art of leading change a little bit. So, so let, you, you talk about the concept of leading change starts with leadership, and yet in many organizations, the process of leading change often omits the idea that transforming leaders is part of the overall transformation process. So what do we got to do? I think one is, is recognize that it's required. So, so we talk about an effective transformation and think about, again, in the context of the pandemic, if I was successful before, and you and I talked about this before we kicked off the show, that there were many people who were incredibly successful and they're struggling a bit now. So I think we need to acknowledge that leadership is a skill that needs to be developed. Even if I am highly successful it, at one point in time, it doesn't mean that I'm done developing. It means when the environment changes, I probably need to, to build new skills. And one of those is the agility to respond quickly. The second is I need to change my culture. And then the third is I change my systems and processes. And if all three of those aren't changing concurrently, I am likely to be creating a lot of unnecessary churn in the system. So I, one of the things I loved that you did in the book um, early on in the book was you talked about the traditional leadership versus innovative leadership. Um, you know, one of the things you say is like in traditional leadership, leaders guided primarily by desire for personal success and peripherally by organizational success. Innovative leaders, our leader is guided, is humbly guided by more an altruistic vision of success based on both performance and the value of the company's positive aspect, impact, excuse me. So when we compare traditional leadership and innovative leadership, is there a couple of other things that you would say, hey, listen, okay, if you're an innovative leader, if you're truly innovative, this is this is probably where this is probably where you're at. Okay, so another one is th this idea of unwavering commitment to right action. And so a person that we can point to in the media, and I, I don't do this to be political, but most of us know who this person is right now is Dr. Fauci. He seems to be a person who is committed to conveying the truth as he understands it. Now, people will argue, what, what does that look like? But as he understands it, he seems to be committed to saying and doing what he thinks is in the best interest of the population. That, that commitment to right action, irrespective of the impact it will have on me personally, in some cases means I have to work harder. It means I am under attack by various elements in my organization. Um, and, and I don't mean by physical attack, but there are people who are going to dislike what I have to say. Sure. But at this uh, difficult point in time, it is hard for a follower to have full confidence in their leader if they don't believe that that leader is doing what is right, if they think the leader is doing what is in their own best interest. Gotcha. Got it. So let's, let's, I, I, by the way, great example, by the way, 
because, Thank you. Yeah, because it's uh, you know, regardless, it's it's not a political thing. It's 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 the action, right? I mean, that's the ultimate. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate thing is, what is his action, right? Re regardless if you agree or disagree, that's not the point. He did regard. He's getting attacked daily. He's going on what he he believes. I mean, he's taking he's taking a lead, and he's taking. I think he's taking some hits for it, but that's irregardless of that, uh, which is not even a word. But uh, <laughs> uh, but and and I and I recognize that too uh, when I said it. But the truth is, I mean, he's stepping up and he's following his convictions. He's doing what he thinks is right, and I can't blame him for that. And if I think about again in a time of challenge when it's hard to know what is the best direction forward, I talk about leaders taking on the mind of a scientist. So I don't know what is the quote right answer. Right. And again, using the pandemic as an example, we don't have enough data yet to know what is right or wrong, if there is a black and white right and wrong. So, so leaders, every leader right now, whether it's organization or political or faith community, is making decisions that they will later find were uh, well-intended but not the best course of action because they didn't have full information. So I make the smallest decision I can as close to the event as I can. So um, deciding to shut down governments for organizations, um, I host a, an executive forum. I'm watching a lot what happens with the data so I can decide when we meet in person, if we meet in person, because it would break my heart for someone to get sick because I suggested we meet face to face rather than remotely. And yet the, the flip side of that commitment is I want us to be as effective as possible. So each of us is making decisions and we have to we have to do that, knowing that we will be. Um, proven less effective than we would like at some point in time. Got it. We're, I know I completely understand it. We're with um, Maureen Metcalf and uh, we're talking about innovative leaders guide to transforming organizations available Amazon and bookstores near you uh, for sure. So let's dig into the five elements of innovative leadership because I love this pyramid. And, mm. and so I want to dig into this because um, I, I, and I could and listen, we could do a whole show on any one of these five. Okay. So, and seriously, we could, because it's absolutely outstanding. So the very base of the pyramid, the very, the very bottom of the pyramid is leader type. So what is leader type? Why is it important? And, um, I'm going to, cause I'm going to, you're going to get to talk a lot here. So I'm going to let you talk. So I want to help people understand what is leader type, why is it so important, and what should they consider? Okay, so most of your listeners have probably taken some kind of personality typing, uh, personality test. And what's interesting about this to me is it describes my innate inclination. So I'm an introvert. I and um, I am relatively unstructured. Uh, if I look at my outlook calendar, I would appear incredibly structured because that's the way my life unfolds. But my my preferred patterns are introversion, unstructured. 
for me to be successful, I need to understand who I am and what I prefer. And one of the things I think is interesting and in working with graduate students, this became very clear that personality is a preference. It isn't, doesn't need to be a limitation. So I, if I, when I started uh, speaking and teaching, I was incredibly uncomfortable being in front of people. I could not have progressed if I didn't expand my capacity, even though it wasn't my preference or my strength. So I, I realize that we are more effective when we play to our strengths. And I'm not saying ignore that, but understanding my preferences and working with those as much as possible, but not letting it limit what I am ultimately able to accomplish it is really important. Does that make sense? No. And you're the psychologist, so you can answer this better than I can. Well, no, it does make sense. I think I think what happens is, you know, first of all, there's a number of personality inventories and uh, strengths inventories that you could take. Some are some are quite expensive. Some are uh, actually free. You can actually go online <laughs> and find them. Uh, and you know, you could get a, at least some. You know, I think you kind of have to do a cumulative effect to actually get it as well-rounded uh, of, of an inventory as possible to kind of discover yourself a little bit. But the, they all give you something, right? I mean, I do love the Enneagram. I really do. I've taken it, I don't know how many times, and I still wind up pretty much the same, you know, each time. I'm an 8-5, you know, I mean. Ah, okay. So, um, I, those, I mean, I, if you were to ask me, you know, I'm in that 95 percentile level of, of an 8 and a 5, that's my that's my, that's where I register as an Enneagram. And for those people who are wondering, well, well, what did you just say? Eight, five, I'm a challenger and I'm an investigator. So um, the challenger for me, I'm more of the, the powerful domineering type. I know. Yeah. Right. Six, <laughs> six, six, four, you know, two fifty five. Of course I'm going to be that. And, you know, and I'm extroverted and I kind of just will run over and I say what's on my mind and I wear a cowboy hat and talk to the best authors in the world because I'm comfortable in my own skin and I quite frankly don't care. So, <laughs> so there's the challenger, but I'm also the investigator type because I grew up as a researcher and I love the cerebral aspect and I taught statistics and experimental psychology. And so, and, and so I enjoy that uh, experimentation and I enjoy the scientific process and like to be alone at the same time. So um, it's, it's, I find it to be an eye opener. So, so now you know what you're dealing with with me, but so that's an eight and five, if you want to know. And, and by the way, these are types. And by the way, I'm gonna put on uh, the blog write up for the show, I'm gonna put on where you can actually get the, a free Enneagram and you could take the test. And it, I've taken the test several times and it comes up pretty much the same uh, when you do it, but I think it will give you a pretty good indicator. I, listen, you can also take the Myers-Briggs. It's awesome. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the disc. Yes, I just said that, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> um, but I, I do like the Myers-Briggs and I also believe in the Gallup Strengths Finder. So um, as well. So there, that was that little detour there. Sorry about that, Maureen, but I felt like we needed to kind of no, go there. Uh, Jay, I think that's a beautiful example because for our listeners, now, when they interact with you, if they were a colleague or a neighbor or uh, uh, someone cl working closely with you, they would know what to anticipate 
and you know yourself well. Well, that not that part of what you try to get across here is that <laughs> it, it's just, it's not just, okay, so, you know, we both, we both have said this, you wrote it, I've said this publicly, you know, when you find out what your, your personality type is, it's pretty consistent. You've kind of had it since the day you were born, but, yeah. that, but that doesn't mean that you just are the way you are. I mean, we, we could, the, the more you learn about yourself, this is where you, this is where you take it to another level because then you say, and I, this is why I love what you had to say about it. You know what? Yeah, this is who you are. But the more you, the more you become self-aware, you need to know what your quirks are. You need to know what your, your, your weaknesses are, because that's where you're going to start really moving into the next level of being an innovative leader. Am I hitting that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so to your point, we are mostly shaped by the time we're adults. Now I know things happen and we, shift a bit but what i think most of us do is go through these levels of developmental maturity where i become more mature and there's a very specific definition of developmental maturity that that relates to ego development mm. uh, again more in the psychological realm and what i would say is it is expanding my capacity in i i draw it as concentric circles we we get uh, more competent. So as an introvert early in my life, I was not very willing to be in, in settings like teaching or, or public speaking. I'm now incredibly comfortable to your point, Jay, talking to top authors in the world, talking to you, talking on a stage of a thousand people. And that I haven't stopped being an introvert my capacity has expanded even though I remain an introvert. So how do we as leaders expand our, our abilities and still have, and still be wired the way we're wired? Yeah, see, this is the, I love your example because it's a beautiful example. I think what people get get caught up into is they'll say, well, I'm an introvert, naturally. I'm, I'm an extrovert. I've always been that way. So, you know, I, I, I can't speak in front of people. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wrong answer. Wrong answer. You know, or I'm an extrovert. I can't be alone. Whoa, 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 whoa. Easy. I'm an extrovert. I spend every day by myself, alone, isolated, <laughs> in doing what I do because I have to read a book for this show. I have to outline the book. I have to spend, I spend most of my time, I spend probably 40 to 60 hours plus a week, literally by myself without talking to others. And that it, it, it's not my natural personality tendency, but you learn, you if you want to, you learn to overcome it. And I think this is, this is where we're starting to bridge into level two, right on top of that personality that this is why this is where your book just really really is so cool because now we go from the leadership type and we've got a lot of awareness now we start building that next layer on top of that foundation of the developmental perspective right is, am, have, I, yes. have, I, have i got that right you absolutely do and again this is probably a topic you could teach more effectively than i do oh, stop stop. <laughs> stop it stop it Stop being an introvert. Go. You wrote this thing. Go with it, girl. So, so I have my personality type. I'm, I'm um, on the Enneagram. I'm a type three achiever. So 
Um, I am all about getting results, getting stuff done. As, as I move up the up or expand my levels of developmental maturity, I, I moved from being an expert at my work to um, focusing on getting results, militantly getting results, to uh, the, the next level is being more aware of the systems in which I operate, slowing down, being aware of my feelings and the human beings who ha happen to work with me and being good at interacting with them and and moving out of results only toward uh, being inclusive. Um, and then we look at, and during that level, I think about things like life purpose. What am I here for? And these move along in some ways with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? That I don't move up until I've reached some level of success at, uh, if I if I don't have safety, I'm not worried about uh, love and belonging. If I don't have love and belonging, I'm not worried about esteem. And if I don't have that stuff, I'm not worried about self-actualizing. It's not entirely binary, but if I don't have enough, then I drop down. So if I don't have enough food and water and safe shelter, then I'm going to stop worrying about what's my life purpose and go back and worry about food. And we, again, are seeing that in uh, various sorts of crises. So during hurricanes, during pandemics, people will, in many cases, revert. It doesn't mean they don't have the capacity, but they do drop down. And then the level, and, and again, if for listeners who are interested in this, I really encourage you to delve into this part of the content. It is not often taught yet. And I think it is one of the biggest differentiators. So depending on which research you look at, the level of strategists is the level we think is the most effective for being an organizational leader. And depending on the data you look at, I don't think any of the data says that more than 10% of our leaders are at this level. Mm -hmm. Some of it says it's as low as a, a one and a half percent. Yeah. Okay, we're going to get into this because I really want to talk about the alchemist magician. I really do. I, okay. I, I really do. So, but let's do this first. You're listening to Maureen Metcalf and her book, Innovative Leader's Guide, here on a new direction. Hey, everyone, listen, I've got to just say thank you so much to Epic Physical Therapy for being our sponsor. They, they, they are just so gracious and they financially support the show. And you know what, the reason, one of the reasons, there's so many reasons to love them, but one of the reasons I really do, because I've gone there so frequently and they love seeing me because they, I'm, I'm like a walking train wreck because I just won't stop. But anyway, so here's what's cool. Their facility offers the most advanced top of the line equipment. They, it, it really is. They are on the, the bleeding edge, not the cutting edge, the bleeding edge of some of the best top of the line equipment when it comes to physical therapy. Uh, a couple of them, a few of them are Alter, the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill, which takes all the joints off your knees and everything and you can run. The, the Normatec compression, compression sleeves, awesome to uh, you know take swelling away, the Game Ready and, and build muscle, and also the Game Ready, which I love. Oh my gosh, the, the ice compression, it's fantastic. And, you know, not only do that, but then they've got all these great therapies because they're certified 
in the most comprehensive cutting edge treatments also like blood flow restriction therapy dry needling cupping you know that's just a few of the the services they offer there and i'm going to tell you something it is absolutely fantastic when you're when you've got the top line equipment and you've got the certified staff holy cow think about that you're in the best place and guess what they got a brand new bus and they're getting ready to go mobile so it's going to be awesome and we appreciate them so look if you're looking for epic relief epic recovery and epic results go to epicpt.com that's e-p-i-c-p-t.com and linda craft and team realtors listen i'm gonna tell you something for 35 years i guess it's been now going 35 years plus linda craft has been uh leader in real estate in the triangle research triangle park area that's the Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area. But she's also been a leader in the United States, continues to be a leader in the U.S. and in the world when it comes to real estate. And the reason why is because, as her clients say, you know what? Her service has been legendary. And that means her and her team. She started by herself in the 80s when interest rates were 18%. And she built her business one relationship at a time. And she's never lost that very foundation part of her framework and that is you know what we're going to build this business by being part of people's lives because you know what she knows and that is your home purchase is going to be probably the largest personal purchase that you'll ever make in a lifetime but what's more important is that's where you're going to make your memories that's where families are made that's where uh, the memories that uh, you take with you will be in those homes and so she wants not she wants to get to know you not just your home and that's what's most important to her. So if you stop in at 7300 Six Forks Road, Raleigh, Durham, they're going to hand you a bottle of water. I mean it. They really will. They're going to hand you a bottle of water. And they're going to sit down and they want to get to know you. Because that's why Linda Craft and her team are the legends of customer service. So why not learn more by going to lindacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with Maureen Metcalf and uh, her awesome book, uh, Innovative Leader's Guide to Transforming Organizations. It's, it's simply, folks, just, it's just simply a great book. I, I cannot, I, 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 I'm going to tell you something. It, it made me think so much because it made me literally go back and dig and say, you know, you, you got work to do. And I, whenever a book speaks to me and says, you know, you got work to do on yourself. I think that's one of the things that makes a book like that really powerful. And this book will challenge you to work on yourself. So I, and I love books like that. And she's written that book here. She's also written several other books that um, I hope we were going to get to do on the show with her as well down the road and talk about some of her other books because um, she's a great writer and she's got great content. So um, Maureen, uh, we're kind of getting into these, uh, it's actually from the seven transformations of leadership. I think it is, is the, yes. is the name of the book. Yeah. So there's an HBR article by Bill Torbert and, uh, Rook, um, that look at what are these levels of developmental maturity. So anyone who has the opportunity to pick up the HBR article, really solid content. Yeah. And in case you're wondering what HBR means, uh, it's oh. Harvard business review, just in case you, you, you. I, some, I listen, I know some of you are in another country and, you know, we have 56 countries around the world that listen to the show. So you may not know what HBR is. HBR is Harvard Business Review. So you can certainly look that up. So they, they talk, they go through this and they actually give percentages and then they talk about each one of these, right? So 
the diplomat, 12% of the people that they interviewed was a diplomat, the concrete thinking style, 38% were the expert. By the way, I was not shocked. Were you shocked that when they interviewed that they, the, the, the personality or the, the type that showed up probably the, the highest was the expert personality? I'm not shocked at all. And one of the, the things that's fascinating to me is the levels individualist and above right. are the ones that are considered post-conventional or they are able to think independently of social convention. Those are the first ones that truly innovate. And it's a really small percentage of the population. It, it really is. And, you know, and yet, I, how many times have you heard as a coach, because I hear this all the time, uh, or I shouldn't say all the time, all, 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 every and never only exist in the dictionary, Jay. Come on, hello. So, <laughs> but one of the, but I hear regularly or frequently, uh, I hear, I'm an individualist, you know, but they really don't know what that means <laughs> when, no. when it comes to leadership. It, because it, it's it's a different it's a different it the, the the individualist the strategist because people will say oh I'm a strategist but they really they really don't know what it means do we want to talk about that a little bit about the individualist the strategist and maybe the magician alchemist a little sure I am happy to this is the stuff I absolutely love good. so good. I can talk about it all day <laughs> good that's, um, that's I love it too so you said the expert is let me go back to that just for a second so they think process or they sorry they think task time horizon is three months to a year, their, their worldview. And this is, I think, the thing that's the differentiator. I look through the lens of I want to be good and right and deliver a good product. Mm -hmm. And so I look through the lens of right and wrong, black and white, good and bad. If I do something wrong, it makes I may feel like a bad person. And according to Torbert, that's 30, uh, sorry, 38% of the population. Wow. The next level is achiever and that think project manager. I, I want to get it done. I want to get it done on time, on budget with right quality. Perfection is not a consideration. Sometimes I wish my, the software I got were a little more perfect and a little later. Um, so 30% of our population is that, and that is the center of gravity of most businesses. We are cons most concerned with financial profitability. Mm. So true. Um, it, it's, you know, you're, it's true. We stop it. We tend to stop. Yeah. We tend to stop right there. If we, we go, yeah. it's ROI, and then we go, I'm done here. Mm -hmm. No, no, go. Yeah, you're, you're, you're hitting it. I love I love this. You're awesome. Thank you. So, and this is not my framework, so I, I don't take any credit. It's uh, Suzanne Cook-Reuter, um, Bob Keegan, Bill Torbert, Terry O'Fallon is using it. So they, there are some top Harvard researchers, Boston College researchers, some folks out on the West Coast that are using it as well. So so I, I am using their work in the leadership framework. So just to give credit that I, I don't claim this, but it is some of the most valuable content, I think, for leaders to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this, because they, there's a piece in there that they also, uh, that they, they kind of pull into this, and this is the amount of years. That, mm -hmm. Listen, you've done a lot of coaching, and you've coached yeah. a lot of leaders in organizations. How 
relevant is the years to moving up in these levels? Oh, years as in age? Yeah, because or the time horizon. Time time horizon. I mean it's really important. So if I'm thinking if my biggest concern is what do I wear to a party tonight? Now we all have immediate stuff, right? A pipe broke in my basement and of course I need to focus on that. Right. But if that if my biggest if my ability to think forward only goes for three months, I shouldn't be running the renovation of a hospital where I have to be thinking about right. uh, how is it constructed and what will medicine look like 30 years from now right. or 50 years from now, because we're making large capital investments. So we just need to match people's time or horizon to the work they do. There isn't a better or worse person or a better or worse level. It is really about matching the level of complexity, time horizon, interpersonal skills to the level in the organization. So I don't want a highly complex thinker as my receptionist because that person's probably not going to be terribly interested in the job. Mm. I also don't want a very simplistic thinker running JP Morgan because they're going to do a bad job. Right. Right. So, so it, it is, a, hopefully everyone hears this is not about better or worse. It's matching where my developmental focus is to the work I'm doing. Yeah. This is, this is the date. This is the danger. You talked about it in the book and I'm so glad that you talked about this in the book. We people will, and, and you, gosh, we got to be careful with this. So people will yeah. take a, a, a personality inventory or businesses. I see this sometimes in small businesses. They'll take a personality inventory or they'll buy the disc kit, right? And then what they do is they start telling people, oh, you're a high I, you're a high D, you're a high S, you're a high C. And then what happens is the next thing they do is they start altering their behavior because they they have put them into these these categories, which this, these tests were never meant to be used for, by the way. And then we go, oh well, you can't do that job because you're this, because you're because you're better suited. You, you know, you know, you're not going to be a leader if you're a whatever. You can't mm -hmm. you, you can't be an effective leader. But that's not that you make the point of saying this. One is first of all, one is not better than the other, and leaders come from all different types. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, and especially personality types. Right. The, the later stage developmental maturity is better at running complex organizations. The other thing I'll say is we don't want a bunch of strategists and no other levels in an organization. I've interacted with those groups and they're a failure. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's funny. I mean, it really is. I'm, I'm sad, but it's funny. Okay, I got it. Okay, go ahead. You need people at every level. Right. Again, it's the matching of where do I best fit? So strategist, I'm thinking 15 to 25 years out. Uh, I am looking at big picture. I'm looking systemically at how do systems interact with other systems. I have a strong sense, and Jay, you said this, I know who I am, I'm comfortable in my skin, and I'm good at what I do. 
the strategist is typically much more self-aware. They work through a lot of their issues. Mm. They have a sense that they're part of a bigger whole in the world. There is a, there is a connection to some sense of spirituality and it is religion independent. I'm not, Right. It does not matter what religious organization or if you are without a, an affiliation, it, it's there's something bigger than me that moves through all of us. That kind of sense. Um, longer time horizon. They are about doing their life's purpose. Mm. So th at this level, they may work as hard to accomplish a thing so mine is about improving the quality of leadership across the world. I, I'm not worried about taking an action or a decision that will get my face on the cover of a, a magazine or any of that stuff. The only reason I care at all about brand and visibility is it moves the work forward. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big distinction between the achiever. It's about me. At the strategist level, it's about the results we're accomplishing in the world and the change we're making. I love that. I, love that. I really do. I, uh, her name's Maureen Metcalf. The book, uh, Innovative Leaders Guide to Transforming Organizations, uh, great book. You, you know, I, I, you know, I hate doing this because you know we're we're almost an hour. Together. I know it's it's and it's gone so dang fast. I hate it when it does that. It just it really it really does. And we never got to the we haven't got to the rest of the pyramid. Nor have we really talked about this, really this you know getting to down the levels of the development of perspective. Um, so let let let's do this uh, real quick. Let's let's just kind of give folks the a quick overview of the next three layers. Do you think we can do that in a couple minutes? Just a yep. quick yep, overview. Yeah, I can. So the next is resilience. It is the ability to stay flexible and focused. So again, let's use as the context the pandemic. Stuff is going wrong, right? For anybody, how do I? get myself back to center and able to go forward so that I can do the job of leading my organization if I'm a leader. And if I'm my job is to perform, how do I get back to center so I can be present for my family, to get my job done, those right. things that allow me to earn an income and support my family. Right. The next is situational analysis, and, and this is the ability to, and I alluded to this earlier, I need to understand that when I'm transforming anything, I need to look at my own beliefs about it, my behaviors as a leader, the culture and the systems and processes. If I change, if I'm a micromanager and my goal is to stop micromanaging, I need to make sure that the people around me understand what I'm changing because if I stop doing something, somebody else has to start, right? So there is, there are very few changes I make that don't impact other people, our culture and our systems. And then the final is leader behaviors. And I put that last very specifically. Most people think as a leader, I just need to change my behaviors. I, the behaviors, well, we have a list of them that we think are most effective. They're aligned with the strategist level of maturity, how I behave is largely influenced by the context of the organization. So if I'm leading uh, an army battalion, 
I'm going to lean toward different behaviors than I am at a university mm-hmm. and then I am at a startup. Right. So so I may have the same bucket of capacity, but but how that shows up on a daily basis is very much dependent upon the situation in which I find myself. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you were you were awesome. Seriously, I, I would love to have you back on the show. Would you be willing? Jay, to I would be honored to be back on the show. I would love to have you back. This is this stuff is so good. Uh, the book is entitled Innovative Leaders Guide to Transforming Organizations. Um, so, Maureen, here's here's the deal. Since we're at the end of the hour, I ask my friends, and you are now a friend. Uh, I ask them to. The show's called A New Direction, and so I ask my friends to, if they could leave um, the listeners with a new direction based on Innovative Leaders Guide to Transformation, Transforming Organizations, what would Maureen Metcalf say as a new direction? Sorry, I I want to make sure I understand your question so I can, so what if you could, would I if you do could, differently could, myself, or what is my invitation to your listeners? Um, I think I th- mm, wow I've never had anybody ever say that to me before. How about this? If you if you could if you could say okay you know what I really want them if I really could leave them with something that mm. I believe that could change them that 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 would would get them to move in a direction. What would be that? Uh, I know exactly what I would say. You know what we are living in a time of disruption. For many people, they are facing the biggest crisis that they have ever experienced in their lives. Every one of us matters. We can help an elderly neighbor do grocery shopping. We can step into a role that we feel uncomfortable with. Being kind and gracious because people are struggling. For many of us, we can build a new skill, and, and that is helpful, but more important is how we treat one another during this crisis. That's awesome. Uh, folks, that is awesome. <laughs> That's beautiful. Her name is Maureen Metcalf, author, um, CEO, uh, founder, uh, Innovative Leaders Guide, Transforming Organizations. Uh, absolutely get it, uh, Kindle uh, paperback, it's fantastic. As I say to you every week, folks, you know what? Be inspired because when you're inspired, you can inspire others. And in turn, they can inspire others as well. I will see you next week with another great guest, another great show, another great book. And as I say to you every week, ciao, everybody. And the answers don't make sense Got to keep your hope alive Got to know you can survive This is your time to find A new direction, a brand new day A new direction, things are gonna change
new dial.